I'm going to go to Cork now and say hello to Jim Wilson. I believe, Jim, you met two young scientists recently. Derek, I absolutely did. And it was a, a great pleasure uh, to meet them. These were two special scientists. I know their father very well. It was Aideen and Kieran Farrell. Their father, Mike, was principal of St. Joseph's Boys National School here in Cove. But they're going to school over in Passage West in St. Peter's Secondary School. And uh, they actually created great excitement here in the Lower Harbour recently because they did a project up in Harpers Island. You know, those few regular listeners to the programme will know that Harpers Island is a fantastic nature reserve here in Cork Harbour. Well, these two scientists decided they wanted to do a project up there. And they did the project. It was on the birds that roost there, you know, that come and rest at high tide. And uh, they entered it in the biological and ecological sciences section of the BT Young Scientist competition. And the project was on uh, roosting birds in Harpers Island. So I went and I spoke with Aideen and Kieran Farrell and uh, they told me all about their project. Our project was called Just One Leg to Stand On. Do varying weather conditions affect the energy conservation of roosting birds? Yeah. And what's that in plain English? Like, what <laughs> what exactly were you trying to find out? So basically, you're trying to find out whether, like, varying weather conditions, so we, it was, like, temperature, wind speed, and precipitation, seeing how that affected how the roosting birds, the birds at rest, uh, especially the water birds, um, like, in, conserved their heat and energy. So we mainly looked at two behaviours, which was standing on one leg, or unipedal roosting, and beak tucking. Um, because we researched that those were like definitely like they used that to conserve their heat and their energy and so we were just seeing if like the different weather conditions would have an effect and which ones that's I mean yeah. most people are, have seen birds on one leg yeah you kind of uh, think of flamingos you, like you do yeah. exactly and they're doing exactly the same thing yeah. there and I used to often get lots of phone calls from people saying there's a one-legged oyster catcher <laughs> you know th- yeah. th- they're all losing their legs and it yeah. wasn't that as you rightly yeah. uh, said you can't there. you can't see the other leg at all because they took it right out up under their feathers to like conserve the heat in it wow. so yeah yeah how did you do the research what, what exactly did you have to do in the field so to speak oh uh, well uh, there's a place up uh, up near our house um harper's island and it's like um it's a place where a lot of water birds go at high tide to roost there because there's nowhere else in the harbor that's like above water so um they come there to roost and so we went there at high di- high tide and we had a telescope um and what one member would um observe the the birds whether they're standing on one leg or two and whether they have their beaks tucked or not and then the other person would um, keep a tally of that uh, those results oh, yeah. and we did so it like with like so we go through each species so each flock of each species so it was like mainly uh, black-tailed godwits black-headed gulls curlews and lapwings and then we also recorded a few other species like that were commonly there and so we kind of went through each species and like recorded their roosting positions and we are also we recorded the weather so like um, the precipitation the the wind speed the wind direction and the temperature and then we uh, got the the tide times uh, like when it was high tide the like height of the tide mm-hmm. so um, that gave us the the data that we needed then to uh, put the, all the data together and see what the car very good and and uh, one thing I didn't ask actually what school were you representing <laughs> uh, St Peter's Community School in Passage West all oh, right.
So just across the river. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're living here in Rushbrook, and uh, you get do you get the ferry every morning. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So so you're used to the sea and, yeah, and, the, exactly. and the wet so and the water. Going, yeah. going to school by boat, like excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent. And uh, did you have to fight over who did the looking and who did the recording? Well, to be honest, like when you're looking through the telescope and if the wind is blowing in your face, because you're, you're in like a hide, but like obviously it's oh, like there's like a little window where you look through and it's open so your eyes would get tired and they'd start tearing up from the wind so we'd swap over quite a lot like because your your vision would get a bit blurry like but um Kieran did most a lot of the like looking really uh-huh. when he was there because um my eyesight isn't the greatest so. okay but um also because of the two the times that we had to go during school i Kieran wouldn't come out because he's in third year right. so um so i did the recording then wow so then so you you had all your your data. How, how many visits did you make, roughly? Uh, we did twenty. Twenty and twenty-one, ho- I think. And one day we didn't get any data. Oh, and, um, and how, ma- how many hours were, were, you, were you, would you have put in? Per, roughly per visit, how long? Uh, it's usually around an hour. Right. Could Maybe be forty-five 40, minutes though. Yeah. Okay. So um, we counted about two thousand birds over the over the whole thing we recorded. Yeah. Wow. So, well, yeah. and uh, did, so did you go at? Different times of the tide or only at high tide? It was like as close as we could get to the highest tide, but like obviously we couldn't go after dark so we wouldn't see anything. Yeah. And also Harper's Island closes uh, in November, it was after four. Yeah. So we just like, so sometimes we'd go at three, like it wouldn't be quite high tide, mm-hmm. but it would be close enough that there'd be birds mm-hmm. there. Like, mm-hmm. so. so then when you have, you have all the data gathered, yeah, then yeah. you backed up and everything, I presume, so you don't yeah. want to lose all that valuable data. We ended data. up actually losing um, <gasps> afterwards. So I had it all written down in a notebook. And then we, and then I put it onto the project diary, which was like on Word. And then we put it on into an Excel sheet. So we were saved in the Excel sheet, so it was fine. But when I was editing the project diary for the judges, like a, like a week before, like we went up to Dublin, it, there were only four pages of it left, and it used to be like thirty pages long. Well, we had but it we, all. Yeah, we, we had, had it all. We had all the data so. already, okay. so it didn't matter too much. But we didn't have the project diary anymore. So and luckily we didn't need it, so we were okay. So, so whose who's fault was that? I think it was Word. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just the dodgy computer or something. Excellent, yeah. e- excellent. So, so right, you have the data, the, apart from that little scare there. Yeah. Towards the, but at that stage, but you, that's you've it, done we the had analysis all, we had and everything. all our data gathered and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was fine. Yeah, and, and who, uh, did, did you get any help with the analysis? Yeah, so we did need help for that, alright, because like it was we hadn't really done too much of that. Yeah. But we'd heard about like correlations and stuff, correlation between two variables. So um, we got on to uh, Dervla Kulnan, who's like she has a bachelor of arts in um, psychology, yeah. and she has a master of sciences in human anatomy. But through that anyway, she had access to this software called SPSS software, and she was able to take our data, which we put into an Excel sheet. And then the software generated correlation analyses and multiple regression analyses, which we then analysed. Holy goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we also got some help from um, the people at Harper's Island. So we got the loan of a telescope and we got help with um, like editing and like editing our report book and our analyses from Tom Gittings, who's an ecologist. And um, we also got, like when we were up there, like a lot of the, the bird watchers who were there anyway gave us some advice and stuff, so it was nice. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I also contacted some like ornithologists around the world and stuff, and um, for like background research. So then, so you had your project done. Pretty much. Um, sure. What did you learn from doing the project? Uh, well, like we didn't really know much. Like we did know a bit about birds and like we, but um, have an interest. Like, like yeah, we've we've gained like a bit of a, 
Yeah. We we know how to like identify the birds and um, kind of like yeah. everything about them really. Like I, yeah. I didn't Not know everything. much about them, but we, I didn't we know, know much about them at yeah. the start. But I learned so much then throughout yeah. the whole thing. Like loaded, not even related to the project, just. Yeah, and like talking to like the more experienced bird watchers who were there as well, it was really interesting. What What were your results? Were, were uh, so um, what happened? Did they, were they all having <laughs> us on by tucking up this leg? Was it just because they felt like doing it, or was so, it? So uh, basically, they, we had three main findings, and the regression analyses basically tell us like what variables are the ones that definitely impact like another one. So the main one we had was like the main. It had a very strong correlation, and it was very accurate and that was temperature and black-headed gulls talk, standing on one leg. So it basically told me, told us that in lower temperatures, uh, they stood on one leg more to conserve more heat. Ah. So that was like in keeping with our hypothesis. You, you have to mention surely some of your teachers in the school. Do you have, do they, so, yeah, are they so, any good over there in passage? <laughs> I know they're not as good as the teachers in Cove. Yeah. Uh, so uh, our science teacher, Mr Hurley, was the main one helping us with our project and he was great. So. Yeah, and is, is there a culture of doing uh, the BT Young Scientist projects in in Passage West, or, well, or how, yeah. how how did you how did you get into to actually doing so it? So basically, I did it two years ago when I was in second year um, with another friend of mine, um, but it was online that year, and we really wanted to come back and like go up to the exhibition. So the but so the time we were in it two years ago, and then I think uh, someone went up maybe ten years ago um, from our school. But that was the last time. Yeah, really, we've no honest. real history so of it in our school, so we're we could start. We could start. start. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're trailblazers, <laughs> exactly. Aren't you? Yeah. You're, I mean, you're you're setting a very yeah. high bar there now. Like you know, you, yeah. you you won the competition. Yeah, we did. Out of over fifty schools. I think so. Yeah, and I think we counted them up. The amount that, like in our category. Yeah, so and and 50. what was it like when you were up there waiting for the results to be called out? Ah, uh, well, we didn't expect at all. Like, yeah. no, anything, like. After our last judge, we were like, no chance, no chance. Yeah, we didn't we feel it went well at all, to be honest. <laughs> but and we got, like, yeah. massive shock then when our names were yeah. called and we went off, so... Yeah, and yeah, we felt like a lot of the ones around us seemed better than ours. Yeah, we but, felt like... <laughs> but then we didn't have the whole story because we were just seeing their posters, yeah. like, but... Um, so it was yeah, a bit of a shocker. Yeah, but you obviously ticked more of the yeah. boxes, and I there was a lot yeah, of boxes, yeah. And there? the yeah. data, I think... Yeah. Yeah. They were very impressed by... Yeah. The data yeah. they we had there, they're like uh, yeah. I don't I don't think many others had that kind of data, mm-hmm. and that's that's what the yeah. judges were main they're they're um, yeah. commenting a lot about. The uh, first the data one said that we had a good idea, and but we had the data to back it up with, which a lot of people they have really good ideas, but they might not have the data to back it up with. Brilliant. So that's what they liked about ours anyway. Well, listen, as I say, congratulations again. Thanks. Really fantastic. A great, great privilege to be able to chat to you today. Thank and you. I mean, we can hear the, the, the harbour songs in the background, <laughs> yeah. but the yeah. birds still go about their business in this fantastic harbour. Yeah. And uh, you, you've just added another piece in the jigsaw to our understanding of the wetland birds here in yeah. Cork Harbour. So, Kiran and Aideen, mm-hmm. I'd like to thank you both for talking to me today. Thank you very much indeed. Thank Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. More details on our website, rte.ie forward slash Mooney. Ladies and gentlemen of the listening public, what you've just heard is our future. And it sounds bright.